I deserve certainly the, the most extreme punishment society has, and I deserve, I think society deserves to be protected from me and from others like me, that's for sure. Hello, friends and enemies. My name is Courtney. And my name is Megan. And this is Cults, Killers, and Thrillers. So we here for Ted to Ted part papa part two. Ooh, we ready? Two. We part two electric boogaloo. Let's do it. Are we excited to hear the end of Ted? <laughs> I'm so excited to hear the rest of this bunty. Let's I'm go. I'm so excited. So last episode, we finished up. Um, Ted got arrested for the first time in mm-hmm. Utah. He threw marijuana out his window and all that fun stuff. And he like sped off with his lights off because um, he's a bit of an idiot. Uh, <laughs> he was caught and then his car was searched. All the stuff was found. His house yep. was also searched. His um, The police had expected to find like purses and jewelry and stuff, but they literally found no evidence inside Ted's house. So yeah, they didn't find anything that really said Ted was a killer besides well, I mean, like, two brochures. Wasn't mm. this the case where if they actually searched properly, they yeah, would have found evidence yeah. of Polaroids? That makes me so mad. So, yeah, I was going to say that, yeah, like <laughs> they had the Polaroids of the victims that Ted used to take home of photography passion hobby for i don't know whatever he did but yeah all they found was like this cool bike wheel above his kitchen full of his knives that was like a knife holder because diy king like oh my god like Alfred Ed. Ed. yeah except so, you know while you know, ted was using bike wheels to hold knives he wasn't using which humans sounds really sus ends over here with some nipples i so. mean like my dad like used like a bike wheel as like a clothes rack at like my mom's well, that makes more sense area. how do you hold a knife up with a bike like, wheel i think it holds a bo- i think it's kind of clever I don't know, but it was sounds it like cool. from the roof? No, I don't I think so. Questions. I think they were chilling on top. But how do you put a knife into a bike wheel? You just like put it on top, I guess, and then it spins, and you're like, I don't know. Oh my god, calm down, Ed. This sounds sus. <laughs> you mean Ted, not Ed. Ted, oh my god, there's too many. <gasps> okay. So now we are up to September in 1975. Liz was interviewed by Detective Kathy Machini. Liz had told her everything that she had told Rainy the previous year about, like, if Ted was abusive, their sex mm-hmm. life, all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah, I forgot she um, spilled the tea on the sex life. How yep, awkward. Yep, so she gave the kinky life again. Love that for her. <laughs> Highlights, you know. Um, Kathy then showed Liz the photo evidence of what they found in Ted's car, and Liz was horrified by this. For the next few weeks, Liz kept mating up with Kathy. This is when Liz found out about Ted and Diane reconnecting. She saw a photo of them, and I had actually asked to keep the photo, which is kind of weird. She was like... weird. She's like, let me have this photo of my boyfriend and his girlfriend that he's also seeing while seeing me. She was like, "Uh, Diane's not even that pretty. Are you kidding? She was stunning. But anyway, she's like, Diane's not even that good looking. But I'll keep the photo out of, like, spite in my purse. what what voodoo are you performing on this photo, Liz? And the photo of them together, like, the eyes are scratched out. Like, are oh my you god, please! Scratches anyway, out the eyes of his I girlfriend. Know. I don't know if she actually did that, but I wouldn't be surprised at that time. Anyway, so around this time as well, Ted had sold his VW bug to a mid-age, 
Midvale teenager, though not long after Utah police had came and impounded it so that it could be searched by the FBI technicians. Oh which I was like, I'll, I'll sell the car right? and they won't know it's me. Oh I had God. no idea that they forget he sold it, like, ever. Like, I always wondered, like, what happened to his car? They just put it in a museum somehow, but no, they, like, impounded it. He really tried to hide the evidence, didn't yeah. he, by and the fact, the like, when they came to his house, he let them take photos of his car and he had actually, um painted it over and got the dance out and stuff so it would oh like look God. different in the photos to victims so they actually found hairs in the car matching karen campbell and later they identified hair strands from melissa smith and carol deranch oh God, Ted. he's so, like i'm gonna sell the car to get rid of the evidence but i'm also not gonna clean the car out to get rid of the actual evidence yeah he he didn't think his mind he's clearly not the smartest he, I don't know, probably needs glasses. Anyway, so on October the 2nd, Carol Duranch was called by police to check out a police lineup that Ted was a part of. He was to stand in a lineup with fellow with detectives alongside him. So they didn't get people from the streets, they just got people on duty. They're like, hey, yeah. stand in this lineup. So for this, Ted had gotten his hair cut, parted his hair to the opposite side to try and look unrecognizable. Oh my god, Ted. But at this time, he wore a really out there yellow turtleneck because fashion doesn't sleep oh for Ted Bundy. Oh my god, Ted's like I'm going to change my appearance so no one will recognise me, but also wear the brightest colour I could imagine to not like, draw attention. I'm a fashion icon I gotta keep that level. Oh like, my god. I would do the same. So Big Bird, I don't know relatable. Him. I only know Ted Bundy in his yellow turtleneck. <laughs> it's so iconic. Like, I, I too would wear my him coolest outfit. Him parting his hair to the di- other opposite side yeah. is the equivalent of Superman taking off his glasses and being a different person. It works somehow, though, for so oh many God, police. Ted. They're like, who is this man? <sighs> but he went to all this effort of getting his hair done, swapping his part, but it went to waste because Carol recognised him pretty much straight off the bat, and he was arrested. So, while in jail, um, he and Anne Rule would write, and Ted would send her some of his poetry. I've actually started reading um, since recording last episode, The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule, and it's so interesting. It's so good. Like, I'm hearing so much depth about the victims. I'm hearing so much about Ted, like, on his end and how he, like, blamed himself for the abortion and everything, which was interesting. And he wrote a poetry, and she oh. added some of the poetry, oh and this God. is, like, my favorite one. Spill the poetry. He said. I'm ready. So, he said, It makes me feel blue, taking food from the animals in the zoo. Pork chops tonight. Jews are uptight. I gave mine away. It still has a tail. As for dessert, the cook, that old flirt, surprised us with mellow peach jello. You don't quit your day job, Ted. <laughs> I want the poetry book. Oh I want God. the poetry book, Ted. Ted, that... Theodore, please. I I mean, it's better than some freaking poetry books that go out there these Bundy. days. <laughs> it just goes from a zoo that ends in peach oh jello. My God. That was a ride. <laughs> so he also had an extreme dislike for soap operas and game shows that were playing on the TV in the day room. To them, they were visual brain cancer. Oh, what a mood. <laughs> so, like, he would have hated Married at First Sight. Like, it only gets worse, Ted. Like, oh, my God, I'm the Kardashians? So he would not have it. <laughs> he would have just thrown his TV out. <laughs> and then he found his other inmates to be overgrown kids because no one else was mature enough for Ted Bundy. 
How dare the murderers in a prison not be mature? <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> My God, Ted, you're in jail. Um, though his 15,000 bail was paid by his parents. So even though he called Johnny Bundy poor and didn't make enough money, like... If fifteen thousand dollars is poor, I'll gladly take fifteen thousand dollars. Thank you. Right? Oh my gosh! Also in jail, though, Ted also had written Liz some letters. So he wrote things like, "If I regret anything in my life, then I regret not having shown you the deep love I have for you in a meaningful way to you. And should there be any desire that I want?" fulfilled is it is a desire to prove to you beyond a doubt that my love for you is unshakable and forever ew it's very if someone wrote that to me i'm like oh my gosh so romantic but it's ted bundy and you're no you know he's doing this to manipulate her like straight up that's if someone wrote that to me i'd be like (laughs) well if a general like you know person that I'm dating did that I'd be like oh my god how sweet I love you too but Ted Bundy in jail trying to get one up on people who manipulating them no thank you you can take it back Ted return to sender but to be honest yeah he did not love Liz as much as he loved Diane he didn't love anyone as much as he loved himself and that's the tea I think he did love Diana but you know that unfortunately broke his heart anyway so Liz did not write back to this as she had good on you Liz she didn't write back because she felt so guilty for giving his name into the police in the first place. Please, no. He's gaslighting you, babe. No. <laughs> Let's not throw this word around today. Um, so, while trial dates were set, Ted had spent much of his time in Seattle with Liz preparing. The first trial was on February the 23rd in 1976. And Ted was loving the publicity, the cameras. Yes, he, was. he was a giant narcissist and he was living for it, stating, I didn't do anything, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Such a cocky uh, son of a bee. Sure. Sure, so, Jan. <laughs> as Carol Durant took the stand, she was looking absolutely gorgeous. And yes, when she was up there giving her statements, they tried to trip her up and confuse her. Of course they did. Ted didn't like seeing Carol as much because she he saw her as becoming a professional witness. He had seen more of her than he had liked. She pointed Ted out in the court saying that he was the one trying to kidnap her. As this was going on, he was becoming frustrated, shouting that Carol was lying and that she has lied before. Ted didn't like when things didn't go his way. He got pissed. Like, his temper, he had major temper tantrums. Oh, my gosh, that man-child. Right? Oh, my gosh, he's so hot-headed. The judge of the trial had declared Ted to be guilty of kidnapping. Ted was given a 90-day period at the Utah State Prison for evaluation. Ugh, Ted. (laughs) A lot of people who knew Ted personally were saying that he couldn't do such things to someone. So Ted had also been analysed by many psychologists during this time, before the sentencing in June. He was given several tests and was interviewed for over 20 hours a week over a six-week period. He had questioned these tests' usefulness, feeling that they were too open to to the subjective interpretation. Ted had rapid mood changes, which was not uncommon for him. He was extremely guarded throughout the interviews. Extremely guarded. I bet he loved talking about himself. (laughs) But I also think he was trying to watch his, like, tongue and not spill too much. As he was being interviewed, he picked his words carefully. He was defensive, evasive, and non-committal. 
when doing <laughs> no his surprise test, there, non-committal. <laughs> what a shock! <laughs> He's good at that. I mean, well, according to Liz, anyway. <laughs> when doing his tests, he had shown some anxiety through deep sighing. I showed mine through shaking my legs. <laughs> That's how I show my anxiety. Um, that's not anything to do with this podcast. <laughs> On April the 1st, April Fool, sorry, um, 1976, Ted filled out a twist, which stood for two words, incomplete sentences, test. I just want to read some of the answers to you guys. Oh, his answers for these. I've seen this test. Oh, they're this wild. Man. I've never hurt anyone. Sure. I need freedom. No, you don't. <laughs> Most people think I am brackets who know me innocent. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he wishes. A lot, them, a lot of them did, though, so it's so bizarre. Delusion. I wish I hadn't come to Utah. This is my favorite one. Women are men's equals. <laughs> he said, I'm going to put an end to sexism because men's equals. As if oh I didn't kill God, any. Ted. Yeah, right. Goodness me. So in these tests, Ted had seen himself as a fairly open person, which had contrasted with the strong defensiveness shown throughout all the interviews. So during his time in prison, he and Liz were remaining in contact before receiving the verdict in June. He wrote in one of his letters to Liz, I am in no way mentally prepared to accept anything the judge imposes, least of all commitment. <laughs> we know, Ted. Yeah, we know. There is no denying the life and death significance of next Tuesday and his final letter before the sentencing. At such a time, I am unable to choke back the urge to cry or hold back the tears. I will love you till my last breath. There can never be any goodbyes for you and I. No parting because we are always together in spirit. No. <laughs> oh my God. Far out, King of gaslighting. Glory. Stop it. Oh my gosh, he's just like, you know what? Liz no. is the only naive one right now. That's so manipulative, though. Oh and you know gosh. he's not doing it because he cares. He's doing it because he knows he can manipulate her and keep I her I mean, around. I care for no one in that relationship because they both kind of suck. So, oh, <laughs> anyway. So, in June of 1976, Ted was sentenced to 1 to 15 years in the Utah State Prison for the abduction of a young woman in Murray, Utah, shopping mall in 1974. Ted had made a tearful plea and stated, Someday, who knows when, five to ten or fifteen years or more years in the future when the time comes when i can leave i suggest you ask yourselves where we are what's been accomplished and was the sacrifice of my life worth it all yes it was (laughs) thank you for your sacrifice ted very much worth it (laughs) i can't deal as a man he really holds He's himself high, poet. doesn't he? I just want his poetry book. <laughs> I don't care about anything else. As the verdict was called, Liz was present at the time. She wrapped her arms around him while apologizing and telling him that she loved him. She also mentioned that he was very sweaty. Um, just for people who want to know that. So Judge Hansen reduced a charge from a first degree to a second degree count. A first degree would have called for a sentence of five years to life. He reduced the charges because there were no other instances of charges of similar nature against Ted. So in September of 1976, Liz finally got to visit Ted in prison. He had been sending her letters and also sent poetry that he wrote. Like, I want that book. <laughs> <laughs> 
so badly. So in between back tickles and kissing, Ted flat out told Liz, I know, I, making out in a prison yard? Let's just make out in the prison in front of all the prisoners and the guards. I just feel comfortable. Romantic. I can't do that. Like, oh my gosh. Like, everyone's like meeting each other and you're like fully making out. Liz had to literally like remind herself not to get turned on. Like, how Please, are you getting no. turned on in a prison yard? Ew. <laughs> like, oh, anyway. Ugh. So love that for them, I guess. I didn't know they could do that that much in prison, lol. Anyways, but but Ted had flat out told Liz, I can't live in here. Something's going to happen soon. So he's like, I just can't do it. I can't live here. I can't be in jail. Sorry, prison. I'm not not down with this vibe. Gotta go. (laughs) This doesn't match my aesthetic. I can't do much. I can't decorate my place. (laughs) No. Oh my god. Liz knew that he was talking about escaping. And what do you know? His first escape attempt happened next month. Sorry. Of course spoiler. It did. So in October, Ted had been found hiding in the bushes out in the prison yard oh my God. carrying an escape kit, which Ted. included roadmaps, airline schedules, and a social security card. Oh my God. Can you imagine just like being out in the prison yard and you find Ted Bundy <laughs> hiding in a bush? Yeah. Like, 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 you know, like when, um, on Scary Movie, I think it's the first one, how Ghostface yeah. is like hiding behind the couch yeah. and you can like, see, like, see him like sticking butt. out. Yeah, it's like that thing he's in a bush. Yeah. <laughs> and he has like it's a little like map in his hands and he's like, he like grew a beard and stuff to like blend. Ted's <laughs> hiding in the bush. <laughs> Oh my Can god. someone like draw that? Because that is hilarious. Oh my god! <laughs> so just hid in a bush, though. I can't oh. deal. Just head high. Just head in a bush. He's such an idiot. So this led him to spending fifteen days in solidarity confinement. In a letter to Liz, he explained the whole as to be frightfully depressing and distressing. It had I a don't steel think door, it's meant to be fun. a small hole, walls littered with graffiti, a urine and vomit stench, which I would be out, a Ugh. concrete slab to sleep on, no commissionary, no visits, and no companionship. And I feel like that's worse than a death penalty. Like, screw oh that. But did, like, he literally that's... tried to escape and they put him, like, you know, as punishment. Did he think it was going to be fun? Yeah, like this. He this thought he'd get. be free. He's trying to escape. He bore. He thought he'd escape. In the hole. Put him in the hole. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that's ill. So Ted had been put into maximum security after his escape attempt. Attempt. So later that month, Colorado authorities charged him with the Karen Campbell's murder. So he was transferred to Aspen in January of 1977. Little road trip for Ted. Guess what time it is, Megan? Oh my god! What time is it? It's jumping time! Oh my god, window jumping! Yeah! favorite activity, can't wait. Love this fact about Ted. Cracks me up. Oh my gosh, it's, it's not funny, but it's funny. I don't know. No, I know what you mean. It is actually hilarious. Just imagining someone jumping just, from a window is great. Right, just to like escape jail. Anyway, so it was spring of 1977, and it looked amazing outside of the prison and Ted was becoming antsy. It had been weeks and weeks and so on one random day Ted began jumping off the top bunk of his bed in his cell in a Garfield County jail. Oh Ted God. jumped again and again and again from the bed to the floor to make those ankles super thick. 
Oh, we need a strong-ankled man. Need that landing. I, 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 but I'm kidding. It was in order to strengthen his legs for the impact that will take place. He oh mentally God. measured the distance from the corner of the courthouse to the alleyway, and from the alleyway to the riverbed, and from the riverbed and to the mountains. Ted measured his cell, and he ran those distances again and again. He practiced how quickly he could change his clothes from his courtroom attire to his shorts. Oh Ted had gotten another haircut in an attempt to look different again. You know, he's a haircut can only change so much on that man. Back then, everyone was like, whoa, who, who is, is this? this? Man? Then on June the 7th came, June the 7th came, Ted and the court were at recess at the Picton County Courthouse. Ted had elected himself to serve as his own attorney, so the judge had allowed him to not wear handcuffs or leg shackles, <sighs> meaning that he was allowed to be in the courthouse library alone. No. Then came the time where all eyes were off of him, so he stood before the window on the second story floor of the building. He walked right on and jumped out, jumping oh from a 25 foot drop, so 7.62 meters. Hey. He hurt. <laughs> He actually hurt his right ankle a little Good. bit as he landed, but he kept on going and ran off to the mountains after stripping off his top layer of clothing. Oh my god. So All that jumping great. really didn't pay off. You hurt your ankle still. That's what you get, right? karma. Yeah, that's it what is that is. Still somehow ran. Oh my god. I, I say this every single time because I still cannot fathom. Imagine being the person who was meant to be watching Ted Bundy. Right! And you let him jump out of a window. Like, what do you do? Like, you're meant oh to be watching him, you go in there to check, and it's like, oh, shit, he's gone. Do you then go to, like, the rest of the police? And, like, so, about that Ted guy, he kind of yeeted oh. out the window. You know the guy that killed that girl and, like, kidnapped the other girl? He, he's and gone. And the fact that he wasn't handcuffed or chained either. Yeah, Like, so I understand maybe, maybe in the courtroom, if he's acting as his own lawyer, okay, then take them off of him, because there's guards <laughs> of police all around you. But once he's out of there, chain him up. <laughs> Although knowing Ted, Ted, he probably still would have tried jumping out the window and Oh, for sure. He would have. He would have had another way to escape. This man. Gosh, always for thinking. So now Ted was free, and the police were already blocking all exits in Aspen, stopping every car that was leaving the town to do a search. At the same time, Ted was feeling great about himself. He had managed to find a cabin in the mountains. He stole food, clothes, and even a rifle. But it didn't take long for him to get lost. After two days, <laughs> he wanted aimlessly, and he had missed two trails that oh led God. down to his intended destination. Me. <laughs> Me, right? Just getting like, lost. Come on, Ted, use that That's sun as a compass or something. All that planning that he did, and he got lost. And he got I love lost that. And he missed the exits. Oh my gosh, Ted, you oh. ding dong. After days later, he walked back into Aspen as he was cold and hungry, and he thought to himself, let's just see what happens. Oh my god, let's just see what happens. He's so casual, I can't. So straight away, he stole a car, and he had been very cold and sleep-deprived at the time. So the police had noticed one car driving in and out of the correct lane on the road. So they pulled him over, and they saw it was Ted, so they took him back in. That haircut was... ain't fooling nobody this time. Right, and the fact it was just driving in and out of the lane, oh I can't god. deal. Subtle he was. Ted free for six days during this time and he had lost 25 pounds oh so god. 11 kilos in our speak my god Skinny legend right he can return from the prison and everyone's just looking at him and he's like so you think i'm skinny <laughs> <laughs> yes my god 
I'm going to go get lost in the, in the mountains for six <laughs> days. See you soon. Gotta See you go. this time next week. Yeah. So when he was speaking to Liz on the phone about it, he didn't want to talk about the escape rather than to joke about falling out of a window and wandering senseless around the Rocky Mountains. Just casually falling Cash. out the window, trips Just and falls and then goes and runs in the mountains. Yeah. He's like, oh, how'd I get here? He's like, tee hee hee, I'm so clumsy. <laughs> Just in the joke about it. Oh my, my gosh, God. Ted, you're such an idiot. So, Ted was back in jail in Glenwood Springs and had ignored the advice of friends and legal advisors to stay put. The case against him was weakening as the pretrial emotions were constantly being resolved in his favour and significant pieces of evidence were being ruled as dismissible. Oh. So if Ted had been less frantic and more rational, he could have known that he had a very good chance of being released and could have beaten the murder charge in Colorado. He only had to do a year and a half serving for the kidnapping of Carol Durant. If Ted had stayed calm and reserved, he could have become free. But Ted was an idiot and planned another escape. I mean, I guess we have to be thankful that he's such a dumbass because imagine oh. if he actually stayed put and got out in a year and a half. Right? Oh my gosh, he literally so had guess, that chance. Thank you, Ted, for being a, just a complete idiot and escaping. <laughs> you bloody idiot. <sighs> Nearing the end of 1977, Ted had acquired a detailed floor plan of the jail and a hacksaw blade from other inmates. He had accumulated $500 in cash, which had been smuggled in over a six-month period. Apparently, oh the... Right? Like, dude, apparently the main friend of Ted's to do this was Carol Ann Boone. No, of course it was freaking Carol. <laughs> when the other prisoners were showering in the evenings, Ted had sawed a hole about one square foot wide in his cell ceiling. Ted had also been starving himself to the point of losing 35 pounds. Six, so he lost another 16 kilos so that he could fit and crawl through the tiny space. Oh my god, like he was already like a small, right? small dude. He would be tiny. He'd be, oh my gosh, a stick. Like that hole was <laughs> tidy. Oh my gosh, like oh, too I skinny Ted. I couldn't live without food. I couldn't do it. I, I, love food I don't have that discipline. I'm like, no, no. I need to eat. Damn it. Rude. I mean, it might be different if I was in jail and kind of wanted to escape. Then I, then I might reassess that. But, you know, at the moment, I'm good with my food. Me too, I feel. So for weeks beforehand, he had actually performed multiple practice runs. Many had reported movement within the ceiling during the night and the detectives did not investigate Oh my this. god. The inmates are like, someone's trying to escape through the roof and they're like, nah, it's just a possum. Oh my god. Why don't they ever search things? He was so lucky. Like, he was the most, oh my god. The stuff he got away with. But no, he got away with so much. I don't understand it. Yeah, he did. I don't know how luck is always on that man's side. So on the night of December the 30th, most of the jail staff were on break for Christmas and the non-violent, low-risk prisoners were on temporary leave to see their family, which I had no idea was a thing. Yeah, that's weird. Like, I was like... Go home for uh, Christmas, criminals. Have fun. Like, <laughs> it's so weird because, like, I guess it kind of makes sense, though, because I actually went to um, Goulburn High Security Prison for to see the low-risk prisoners, like, inmates. Like, I went in there and stuff where Ivan Malat and stuff were chilling um, back in, like, 2015. And, like, they were so chill. Yeah, <laughs> they were there for a talk and stuff. So, like, it was, like, I think they were, like, finding God or something. And um, oh my God. I went with my friends because I was, like, 
a Christian then and stuff. So it was really cool. They say really sweet and stuff, but they're like there for like tax evasion and everything. So I guess those oh, yeah. kind of people. I forget there's other kind of crimes other than murder. <laughs> yeah. Oh my You're god, like murder, murders, but no, ta- okay. Tax invasions. Yeah. You can go. Mm. You can go home for Christmas. But you know, oh, for Ted, sure. I bet Ted was wondering why he couldn't go because you know like, he did nothing wrong. I go to my family, right? Yeah, he's I like, know. I'm innocent. I did nothing wrong. Why can't I go home for Christmas? He's like, I'll go myself then. So. <laughs> That happened, but then, so, how Ted did this, Ted had piled his books and files in his bed and covered them with a blanket. Like, you know in the movies when the characters cover, like, yeah, pillows and stuff with bed, a blanket? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if, like, Ted got it from, like, the daytime soaps or, like, he, oh he like, originated this idea. Like, it's so funny. But, like, but a book that's doesn't even look like a person. Like, at least, you I know, think in that's the all he had. They, they use a pillow. He could have rolled up a blanket and put it underneath another blanket. I think that's all he Ted's had. Ted's just so skinny now that he blends he is, in with a book. He does. He's as thin as a book, Ted. He's like, I've lost so much weight. I'm going to eat this. So that happened. He then crawled up into the crawl space and he broke into the ceiling into the apartment of the chief jailer, who obviously was not present at the time. Oh Ted God, popped in. Right? Could you imagine you just sitting there and like Ted Bunny pops down from the roof? That'd be so funny. I think Ted would have like known. I don't know. That's hilarious though. Ted then popped on some street clothes that he found in a closet and made his way out the front door. And like that, he was free. He just walks out the door. <laughs> the was no door. one there at all to I be know. like, you look like the prisoner Ted Bundy that we have in cell, blah, blah, blah. Like, what are you doing here? Oh, they're ridiculous. The they're like, oh, out. man in normal clothes. Oh, he's not a prisoner. He's not wearing jail wear. Oh my God. So funny. I can't. I just don't understand this. And Imagine then, like, there's the no security. Guard and letting right. Ted Bundy walk out the door. That's just like, as bad as the guy who let him jump out the window. <laughs> right. And Imagine like, if it was the same dude. <laughs> he just letting Ted escape. <laughs> dude, stop it. I, like, I don't think, like, security cameras were, like, that big then either. So, like, they just had no chance. Did you chance. think you'd have a guard? Ted was long gone by the time he was discovered to be missing. It was about noon the next day and he had an eight hour jump. When Liz found out, it had already been over 17 hours since he escaped and Ted was already in Chicago. Oh my god, boy just went for it, eh? He went on a plane, train, he got a car from someone, like he just travelled. So on the morning of January the 8th, 1978, he arrived on a bus in Tallahassee, Florida. He arrived with a bunch of students, like thousands of students, and he actually kind of blended in because he kind of looked like a college student at 30 years old so love that for him king of anti-aging jesus (laughs) so ted then got the new name new identity he made a new name for himself chris hagan who was a 23 year old university student so he's like i can pass as 23 to 23 yes ageless king well in that case i'm like 11 years old (laughs) i'm just 15 again guys so he actually rented a room under the name Chris Hagen at the Holiday Inn near the Florida State University. Ted had attempted to get employment at a construction site in order to distract himself so he would not commit crimes as he felt he could live a peaceful new life in Florida as Chris Hagen without attracting attention from the police. He didn't make it through the application process as he needed to provide identification. So, so he went back to stealing from the public. I love how he escapes from jail and it's just like, okay, I'm going to get on with my life now. I'm going to go get a job. He's like, I'm in a new state. He went from like being on the 
west coast of America to the east coast. And he's like, oh no God. one knows me here. Police aren't connected. I'm just going to chill. It's so um, weird to think about, though, because I was going to say, like, how would they not all know? But I guess it's not like no today's one knows. You yeah. know, day and age. All the where, states like, were, like, separate. Because I feel like if someone like Ted Bundy was, you know, yeah. happening today, like, it would be oh. everywhere, everyone in the right. country would know about it. It would but be all over the, the day, world. He's just like, I just got to travel great. four hours out of town at yeah. least and no one will know. Yeah, he's like, I'm going on the opposite side. So, you know. So, Ted, the idiot, once out keeping that low profile, had started up drinking again as he was big on alcohol, especially when he got to jail. He could no longer ignore the specific itch, the itch that turned him into that unhinged monster. It was only one week after arriving in Tallahassee. One freaking week. Come on, Ted. He really didn't even give it a chance, did he? He didn't even try. Oh, my gosh. On January the 15th, he went out and he entered Florida State University's Chi Omega Sorority House through an unlocked back door. He had a piece of firewood in his hand. Yeah. Okay. This it is gets, where it gets yeah. brutal, guys. Gotta let you know. There's gonna be a lot of information that's gonna so be a bit ill. This is the part. Yes. Yeah, so this is the part that I actually kind of was gagging when I was typing because it was more, so much more violent than his other crimes that he's done so far. So it was two forty-five a.m. I'd be up probably because I don't sleep. Right, I don't know TikTok. <laughs> Same. How I was they, how they on they my feet? back in the seventies? Oh, yeah, TikTok. They, they um slept, Megan. Yeah, they had normal sleep patterns. So it was 2.45am and Ted had bludgeoned 21-year-old Margaret Bauman with that same piece of firewood while strangling her with a pair of nylon stockings. Marilyn was one of the four attacked in the sorority house. Yes, four. Ted went absolute savage as he never before went after multiple at at the same time. Not including the two on the day of Lake Sammamish, where it is questionable if he had the two girls alive together before killing. Yeah. He then entered... Ugh, no. Mm, mm, no. Okay. Yep. <laughs> he then entered 20-year-old Lisa Levi's room and oh. beat her unconscious, strangled her, and tore one of her nipples off. Oh, God. <laughs> And had bit deeply into her left butt cheek. And also on top of all this, he sexually assaulted her with a hair mist bottle. Oh, Ted. Oh, I really didn't like you before, but I really don't like you now. Oh, I hate this. Anyway, so in the bedroom connecting to Lisa's, he attacked 20-year-old Kathy Kleiner. She was also bludgeoned with a piece of firewood, but he had went so hard that her jaw was hanging oh, off. Oh, he also lacerated her shoulder. And at the same time, Ted was beating on Kathy's roommate, 22-year-old Karen Chandler. He broke Karen's jaw out and right arm and crushed one of her fingers. Four of her teeth were knocked out. These two survived. Oh, what icons. absolute queens. I know. And you can actually Good find honor. Kathy Kleiner on Twitter. She seems so lovely. So she has lovely. the cutest dogs. She's actually has so many books about Ted Bunny and stuff as she yeah, likes to like study the man herself. Stuff. Yeah, like good she's on her. seems so open to talking about it and so cool. She's actually battling um, breast cancer at the moment. Like she's a survivor. She's she really is. Amazing. Like she just seems so sweet. So shout out to Kathy. Check shout out her out Twitter. Kathy. She's so nice. Icon. And actually um, in an article, Kathy had stated that Ted had actually tripped over as he entered the room. How oh embarrassing. God. So what embarrassing. 
So he was very clumsy. So he could have fallen out that window. Oh yeah, maybe he did uh, fall out the window then. So he, he like he really hid behind fall. bushes. He tripped over suitcases. He fell out windows. <laughs> clumsy man. <laughs> He's so the girls that survived assumed that the headlights of an oncoming car had scared Ted off. These four attacks had taken place in just fifteen minutes. Oh Jesus! Like, he like went right? for it. He went mental. Like it's bizarre. Like Ted, calm your titties. I'm curious as to how like, no one else would would have heard him. Yeah, I, it's, I like I don't like me personally. I'm a pretty light sleeper, so I feel like I would have woken up by the sound of someone falling over. Right? I'm a heavy sleeper. I would have slept through it. I probably would have slept through my own death. Happened to me. Oh my gosh. Ted was not done this night. After leaving... Right? After leaving a sorority house, he went back to his original ways and broke into a basement apartment just eight blocks away and attacked 21-year-old dance major Cheryl Thomas. He dislocated her shoulder, fractured her jaw and skull in five places. Oh, my God. Cheryl also survived. Cheryl, you are also an icon. She is. She was left with permanent deafness and a quib equilibrium damage that ended her dancing career that's not a word that i say cheryl so on her bed the police had found a semen stain and a pantyhose mask containing two hairs similar to ted's in class and characteristic so ted got sloppy also how would he know though like that that because ha- it was just a random house that he picked wasn't it like how did he know that it had like a woman down the in the probably looked through the window Oh, yeah, true. I was going to say, oh, like, is he really people. just that lucky with his, like, luck? <laughs> I think he, like, oh. looks through it. He, like, watches people and stuff. Like, he did it to his first basement apartment people as well. So, by February the 9th, 1978, psychologists said that Bundy was so out of control. It did you not think? matter that Kimberly Leach did not fit the mold of women he normally desired. Because oh, this one, a, this last a, one... Yeah is a lot of people know wasn't like Ted's normal victims. This girl was his youngest at just 12 years old. Not even Ugh. going through puberty yet. Like, like she was just, literally a girl. Yeah. Like, she like was probably a starting child. puberty, like the poor thing. I just wanted to put that out there as just a bit of a warning before going into more of the details. Her name was Kimberly Diane Leach. She had been summoned to her homeroom in school by a teacher to retrieve a forgotten purse. She never returned to class. Mm. Ted had raped and beaten her, and she was killed by neck lacerations with a knife. She was the same age as Molly at the time. Disgusting. What makes me really upset about this as well Mm. is poor Molly. She came out in, like, an interview later on saying that she blamed herself for for Kimberly's attack. Oh, she did, yeah. Because she's like, well, you know, she was my age. Like, why Mm. wasn't that me? Yeah, like, like, she feels like Ted wanted to kill her. And yeah. so, yeah, it's so, oh, it's so bad. So Kimberly's body was found two months later in a pig farrowing shed oh near God. Suwannee River State Park. So on February the 12th, Ted was running low on funds and felt that the police were closing in on him. So he stole what he knows best, a VW bug. Three days after stealing this car at around 1am, he was stopped by a Pensacola police officer, David Lee, after a once and warrants check showed that the VW that Ted was driving had been stolen. When Ted was told he was under arrest, he knocked David over and took off running. Ted was caught up to and he was arrested. In the car, there were three sets of IDs belonging to female Florida State University students, 21 stolen credit cards and a whole television set. 
Oh my god. Right? David Lee was unaware that he actually had captured one of the FBI's 10 most wanted fugitives. Oh my god, go off, David. <laughs> right? Love that for him. Day on the job. Get a raise. He had heard Ted say under his breath, I wish you would have killed me. I wish he would have too. <laughs> get wrecked. Oh, get wrecked, Ted. <laughs> if you don't know that, I hate this man. I hate Ted Bundy. Oh my god. The real trash man. So, on February the 16th, Ted called Liz. He was crying again. You deserve to cry. <laughs> I made a deal with the police. They aren't going to announce my arrest until tomorrow morning. It's going to be so bad when it breaks. He didn't want to talk about the murders, of course. He had been playing the police since he was caught a few days ago. The reason they were holding off telling the press was because he hadn't given his proper details. He only revealed who he was in exchange so he could call Liz and his family. I he wouldn't have given that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Clearly they know who he is. Like, hello? No, they didn't. No. He kept he gave a different name and stuff. And so he was saying it was a different name. They had no idea. Of course, different states... They had different information, so they knew nothing. I guess it's not they like didn't, the internet wasn't. Like, yeah, yeah, like it's it's the seventies. Like it's they the 70s. didn't know other states' problems and stuff. So Ted was like, "They don't know me here. If I'm in Florida, if I'm on the opposite side of the country, um, so yeah, that's why he went there." <laughs> he called Liz again the next Saturday, crying again. Um, once you took. <laughs> Sorry, I just rolled my eyes so hard. Crying. He cries more than me, and I'm a freaking Libra with water signs everywhere in my freaking charts. <laughs> Wanting to talk about what he felt was a sickness, he said he had been seeing a priest and that he had to work to do, he, and that he had a responsibility to those who had suffered. He wanted to reconcile things. We know this does not happen, and Liz later on is very angry that he never followed up on this. She was seeing someone new, but still told Ted that she loves him. Casually. Ted knew about Hank and had spoken to him on the phone on the 16th, telling him to take care of Liz and Molly. Ted was open to questions that Liz had, and she wondered if he ever wanted to kill her. He told her that it was all him and not her fault, and that he had been fighting it for so long. A long time. A long, long time. A long time. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't try to shift the blame onto her. Mm, I'd like to do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said it was why he didn't do well in school. He could feel the force build inside of him, which is very evident when he comes to Utah. He, <laughs> ad he admitted to attempting to kill her one night when she was sleeping at her place. He had felt the urge coming on and had closed the damper so the smoke couldn't go up the chimney. He put a towel and a crack under the door so the smoke could stay inside the apartment and attempted to smoke her out. Like Bates Motel season four finale kind of style. Which, you know, Megan hasn't seen, but that's what basically happens. <laughs> oh, you know, cash. Norman Bates. Um, Liz remembered bit. Liz remembered this situation. She had been pretty drunk. What's new? Um, and had woke up as... <laughs> <laughs> she used to drink herself to sleep. It's just a fact from a book. <laughs> she was a well-known alcoholic, guys. She's not anymore. Good on you, Liz. I mean, you weren't listening to this, gosh, but um, she was known. She worried about it. She used to. She couldn't sleep unless she was actually fully drunk. So um. 
Megan's is shock right now. <laughs> I mean, like, if I had to live with Ted Bundy, I too would drink. <laughs> Megan's got that point. Oh my gosh. Okay, next episode, I'm going to have a glass of wine in hand. That's how I have to get through these now. <laughs> I can't deal. So she woke up and Ted was leaving her, telling her he was off to his place to get a fan since the fireplace was blocked up. He never returned. So she could hardly breathe. Her eyes were running and luckily she was able to get to the closest window and rushed it open. When Ted told her this, she almost didn't believe him, as this way wasn't his exact technique, but a more natural method. But also he attempted to drown her in the rapids once, so probably true. He said, I don't have a split personality. I don't black out. I remember everything I've done. So Ted had admitted that one time he was following this sorority girl by a campus one time and that he didn't want to do anything to her. He said that he tried not to, but sometimes he just ended up doing it to girls anyway. So Liz had said that the police said that the murder started in 1969. He said the police were years off, as we know, most likely started in 74. Ted loved his freedom, but stated that he has a sickness. A sickness like her alcoholism. He said it himself. With his sickness, he just... Don't compare the two. (laughs) A sickness like an alcoholism. He's trying to use... An alcoholic. He's comparing murder and rape to someone having, like, alcohol addiction. Yes. Calm down, Ted! Oh my god! (laughs) So, with that kind of sickness, he just can't be around. He knew this now. So he said. Um, But yeah, that's the thing Ted compared. (laughs) Ted was now in Miami and stood trial for the Chi Omega homicides in June of 1979. Again, Ted handled much of his own defense. From the beginning, it was described to him as sabotaging the entire defense effort out of spite. And all that had mattered to him, apparently, was that he was in charge. Bloody wanker. Yeah, no surprise there. (laughs) A pre-trial bargain plea was actually negotiated in which Ted all had to do, all Ted had to do is plead guilty to killing Lisa Levi, Margaret Bauman and 12 year old Kimberly Diane Leach. And in exchange that would give him a firm 75 year prison sentence. Ted is a bloody idiot. I've said this a lot but come on because Ted actually refused this deal. Public defender Mike Minerva stated that it made Ted realize that he was going to have to stand up in front of the whole world and say that he was guilty. He just couldn't do it because his ego was so freaking big. Didn't say that last part, but I just feel like... He yeah. wouldn't have gotten out after 75 years anyway. They gave him that deal. He would they, have died in prison anyway. He would have died, but he wouldn't have got the death sentence. So, you know. <sighs> he just thought, no, I can save my ass, idiot. Anyway. Yeah, that's probably why he didn't do it, because he thought he could get himself off. <laughs> yeah. But like, why would I plead guilty when I'm clearly innocent and so irrational? Get off these charges? Yep. During this trial, incriminating evidence was brought forward, such as the teeth imprints left on Lisa Levi's left butt cheek. Teeth mouldings were made from Ted's teeth, and it was a perfect match. So, you know. After this, the jury took less than seven hours before convicting Ted on July the 24th of 1979 of the Chai Omega murders. Levi and Bauman 
three counts of attempted first-degree murder for assaulting Kleiner, Chandler, and Thomas, and for two counts of burglary. On July the 31st, Judge Edward Cowan... Hmm? Oh, you're about to say it was! Except, you know, not, not the 70s. I'm not that old, but, like, you know... <laughs> so Teach on Megan's birthday, the July the 31st, Judge <laughs> Edward Coward sentenced Ted with the death sentence. Congrats on sharing that oh date. Oh my god, what a great birthday present. Right? For future Megan. We love that. <laughs> We're going to celebrate that this year. Oh, right? <laughs> Which was to be done with the electric chair. After giving this, the judge followed it, which is a lot of people very different opinions on this by telling Ted take care of yourself young man it's a tragedy for this court to see that such a total waste of humanity that I've experienced you're a bright man and you would have made a good lawyer I would have loved you in my practice with me but you went another way partner which people take that different I think he's just being like you're literally had all this potential to be a freaking good lawyer and you're a dickhead because you are a waste of humanity you're like, a waste I of space that way but i think the whole like take care of yourself you could have done better it's kind of like insulting in a way as well to mm. the actual victims yeah someone in i don't even know if i still have the note phone, but someone <laughs> in the documentary actually talked about that oh yeah yeah i've seen different things about it. i mean i, I think it's just a like, florin and judge just being like, you know what, look after yourself. I'm not sorry, it's not Florida. That's so south, so so. That is the wrong accent. Um, yeah. Yeah. Someone said that. Um, the judge saying that really like was saying that like he had no concern for what the women actually went to and experienced, and it was oh. almost paying homage to Ted, and that it that yeah. I don't know. I feel like I didn't take it like that. I think people will like to stretch things and trying to take it like that, but I I don't think he needed the compliment. I think it's a saying. I think it's not like a compliment. I think it's kind of like being like, you would have been such a good freaking person if you weren't such a dickhead. Like, it's like you're a waste of oxygen. Like, you had this potential to be this good person, but you're literally like a waste of humanity, like you said. Like, I don't think he's like showering him. I think he's being like, you could have, but you're an idiot. Now you have to think about what you did and you're going to be bloody electrocuted for it. Like, I don't think it's like a slap in the face. Like, I think it's like you had the chance to be like this, but instead you're like this. How embarrassing. Like, that's kind of how I take it. I don't really take it like a slap in the face to the poor victims and stuff. But, you know, yeah, as I said, everyone takes that very differently. So <laughs> it's just a fun thing in the trials that people go on about the true crime community. I don't really know the true crime community that much, but, you know. Um, I still just love that he got sentenced to death on my birthday. <laughs> I love that. Love that. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I just think... The death penalties is add to me. I don't know. I just prefer like day stay in the vomit and poo stench place. That sounds worse. Just in solitary for the rest of his life. That sounds worse. Put Chris Watts there. Oh my god! Don't get me started on Chris Watts again. Coming episode, guys. Chris Watts, man. Six months later, a second trial took place in Orlando for the abduction and murder of 12-year-old Kimberly Leach. Of course, Ted was found guilty again. It took less than eight hours to reach that verdict due to the testimony of an eyewitness who had seen Ted leading Kimberly from the school and into his stolen van, including evidence of clothing fiber of Ted's found in a van and on the 12-year-old's body. 
during this time, Ted had been in a relationship with Carol Ann Boone at the time, who he had met while working at the DES back in Seattle. She had moved to Florida to be close to him. During this trial, this one about a 12-year-old friggin' girl, Carol was on the stand and Ted was questioning her and he had the audacity to propose, something he never did to Liz. Sorry. Um, She accepted and they had gotten married there and then. Apparently, this was her idea and she had threatened to move back to Seattle if Ted did not marry her. He didn't want to marry her after what had happened with Liz, but he has a type. So it's the mummy issues. That's, That's what I'm saying. I haven't read the book this information has come from, but I hear that it's from the book The Only Living Witness by Hugh Ainsworth and Stephen McCord. I'm adding it to my book list though, so... (laughs) <laughs> Are you okay? I hate that man. He's literally on trial for the rape and but murder like, of a twelve-year-old girl. He's, I don't idea. care. Like, like they I don't, don't suck. like her either. <laughs> they both I hate suck. Both of them. <laughs> to be, yeah, to be bad, they both suck. That they both just did that. And she's like, my god, way to like just make yourself the center of attention. This isn't about you. That's Shut him though. He's a freaking narcissist who just wants the attention. Like it's just. Who he, I guess it makes him so big because of his freaking attitude, which is, um... Disgusting. I hate him. <laughs> I don't think highly of Carol either, but, you know. Mood. Uh, yeah, they're both trash. Anyway, in late June of 1980, Ted had found out that Liz was the one who went to the police with the information in the first place. And he wrote quite a passive-aggressive letter, that, he, and he had a hard time believing Liz that do anything like that to him so he wrote do you want to hurt me so badly that you would twist the truth to see me swing from some wooden beam by the neck yes (laughs) (laughs) yes i would liz was sickened by this and several weeks later ted called her and sheepishly told her that he never meant to send the letter and that he was very sorry he had ever written it they talked (laughs) They talked for Shut less than a minute. Up, Ted. <laughs> and that was the shortest they've ever had spoken. And that was the last time they ever had spoke. Good. Years after this, Molly said she returned home from school one day and saw that Ted had written Liz a letter. Molly opened it and read it. He talked about how he had found God and was working on his spiritual program. Molly ended, throw it, ended up throwing it in the fireplace and didn't mention it for years as all you the things in it. She knew... <laughs> she knew Liz would want to hear and she would be wrote straight back in by all the stuff Ted would have said in it. She did feel bad for robbing Liz of that closure in their relationship, but didn't feel bad for Ted. Not one minute. She wished she could have shot him dead herself. That's yes, the Molly. I think even Liz said that she doesn't hate Molly for, for doing what yeah, she Yeah, I think she, she forgives her for it. She understands. She it, yeah. yeah. Because she Liz too understands. probably knew that she would have run no. back. But Molly, yeah. you absolute legend. <laughs> Oh, like damn Molly in this house. Liz was like a bit upset, but she was like understood. She was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, because she it. knew that she would have run back. Oh, for sure. And-, yeah, and Molly's like, no, we ain't having this. He's gone now. He's staying gone. <laughs> we love Molly with the attitude. On the 24th of October, 1982, Carol gave birth to a child. Of course, Ted was the father. How this happened was that the inmates could bribe the guards so Ted and her could become intimate. The child's name was Rose, which is a really nice name. 
how dare you steal that name I like. Since, you know, she has a whole new unknown identity. So, they had a kid. Like the name. Beep you guys. Um, anyway. I was like, oh. It's weird to think that he's the father. Right? I want to know what happened to her, but then she's secret, so I understand. But also, like, like I, I, I kind of want to know, too. I'm like, curious. I want to know, like, does she yeah. know? Do you think she knows? She would have to. Like, she has I so many different identities. Yeah, like, like, her name's like, changed. I respect your privacy. Oh, for sure. Percent, but, like, oh, same. What's the team? <laughs> what's the team? I want to see what she looks like. What is his, what is his genetics form? Like, what she look like? I'm so nosy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to know. Respect the privacy, but, like... Rose, love your work. I won't call you Rose because that's not your name. But didn't she also go by Rosa as well? It was Rose, yes, Rosa. Rose, Rosa, yeah. yeah. So Rose, Rosa. So in July of 1984, two hacksaw blades were found in Ted's cell. One of the steel bars of a window of the cell had been sawed completely through the top and bottom. And it was this glued back. This doesn't stop. He's like, I got to get out of here. We're breaking free. So... <laughs> We're soaring, literally, literally. (laughs) And they were glued back back into place with a homemade soap-based adhesive. Months later, guards had found an unauthorized mirror in the cell. So Ted was moved to another cell again. Who's letting him have this stuff? A Florida state. (laughs) Oh my god. You better, like, cell check, please. I know, right? Not month, not in every couple of months either, guys. So in October 1980, hmm? yes. I was gonna say he's known for escaping. Why would you not be checking on this? <laughs> it's like the fourth, fifth. Oh my gosh, dude, calm, calm your biddies. So in October 1984, Ted collabed. Well, he teamed up with Detective Robert Keppel to help with the case of the Green River Killer, offering his self-proclaimed expertise in serial killer psychology. Ted was interviewed, but the killer, Gary Ridgway, remained at large for another 17 years. But we did. Thanks for your input, Ted. But they did bring Gary in for like questioning on a polygraph in 1984, and he passed it. So they didn't catch him until we'll talk about him in his case, but oh my gosh. Like, 17 years. Like, let me help. I have so much input, but yeah, it didn't help at all. He tried, but detective. Detective Keppel put together a detailed documentation of the Green River Killer interviews. Ted coined the nickname The Riverman for Gary, which later was used for the title of Keppel's book, The Riverman, Ted Bundy and I Hunt for the Green River Killer. He doesn't deserve any more fame. Stop giving him this fame and notoriety. I just want the poetry book. Like, I don't want the money for him. I just want the poetry book. So in 1986, Ted's original execution date was set for the 4th of March of that year, but quickly was rescheduled to July the 2nd. Shortly after this new date was announced, Ted finally confessed to Hagsmeyer and Nelson what they believed was the full range of his depredations, which included details of what he did to some of his victims after their death, which included necrophilia that he had done repeatedly until they started to decompose or animals started eating them. Ew. Ew. Stanky. Ted. Right? I'm so over Ted Bundy. (laughs) We're nearly out. We're nearly done. Every time I think we're like, okay, that's as worse as we can go. It just drops down further. It does. He also then 
admitted to decapitating about 12 of his victims with a hacksaw and kept at least one group of the heads, most likely the four from Taylor Mountain. These were kept in his apartment for a period of time and he applied makeup to them and done other things I don't want to freaking imagine before he disposed of them. Your face. No. No, thank you. No, mercy. No, thank you, Ted. After no. these confessions, three weeks before his execution date, Carol Boone decided to divorce Ted. Oh, and Carol, finally, God! She got some bit of brain in her. She moved back to Washington. Please don't haunt me, Carol. <laughs> anyway, she moved back to Washington with her daughter, with their daughter Rose, and her son James from a previous marriage. She had been shattered to learn the truth, finally, and never spoke to him again. And even rejected his call on the eve of his execution. So Ted never spoke to Rose again either. They went off the grid until a few years ago when Carol passed away from septic shock back in January of 2018. She'd been shocked to learn the truth. Yeah, I know. Like she wasn't there for the whole ass trial. And seeing the teeth in print, like, girl, you'd think you would have been like, oh, obvious now. I wonder what, like, snapped her to her senses. She, he started admitting and she was like, oh, wait, he's not in it. Come on, girl. Use, girl, use the brain. Yeah, I, I thought glasses made you smart. I'm kidding, but like, oh. she looks like she'd be smart. Oh, oh my gosh. He also... <laughs> Bloody Carol. I'm sorry, I'm Carol. <laughs> She's gone now. We're just, just speaking to her again. Ted's execution date changed multiple times he was really trying to stay alive by being a manipulative son of a friggin bitch he had been bribing families of his victims with information of their daughter's whereabouts he was clawing through this work until mid-1988 when a final date of january the 24th 1989 was announced the courts were attempting to be rid of ted as fast as they could Oh, I know he's a dick. So Total dick. Such a dick. I know he's like, a. Oh, like if you keep me alive, I'll give you information of where yeah. your child been. Right. But right. oh my. He's a total wanker. I'm getting so mad. I, I hate know. him. I know. What a manipulative piece of shit. So I'm not laughing at this. This is how I react to this kind of situations. I laugh more than be angry. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> if I sound way too happy Which about I'm all this, I'm just ready to rage. <laughs> I'm, I'm very ready to just. Fight. <laughs> I'm just very. Awkward how I react to this stuff. I laughed at my pop's funeral. Um, so the priest tripped over, and I thought it was funny. Anyway, <gasps> sorry, the priest tripped. It was funny. <laughs> he was being at a funeral, and it was all I in Greek. I didn't away. understand it. <laughs> it if I Greek. was the priest and I tripped over when giving like a service, I would simply just pass away too. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm joining you in a coffin. <laughs> yeah, I'm gone already. <laughs> it was in Greek, so I didn't understand anything that was happening anyway. I understood the trip, but no one else laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I understood the trip! Subtitle comes up underneath, it just says falls over. <laughs> Trip. I wish I had subtitles on my 
goodness. Oh my god. He confessed to all eight of the Washington and Oregon homicides for which he was the prime suspect. His attorney, Polly Nelson, stated, It was the absolute misogamy of his crimes that had stunned me. His manifest rage against women. He had no compassion at all. He was totally engrossed in the details. His murders were his life's accomplishments, which is fucking disgusting. I can't. Megan's shaking her head like Lily <laughs> Wayne Woodson. so dumb. Ted, you piece. I don't even have any other words for him. I don't he's either. Just... I could say, like, he's a fuck nugget. Because he is. Even um... nuggets are too good for him. Don't compare him to nuggets. Okay, well, not the ones kicked under the floor at McDonald's, though, under the kitchen. Those are pretty gross. <laughs> He also admitted to several unknown murders, saying he would bring victims back to his place. He and he withheld any details, many details, hoping it would buy him more time. It didn't work anymore. The families already believed that the victims were dead and that Ted killed them. They did not need his confession. Nelson wrote. Ted had spent his final night crying and praying. <laughs> what Good. <a> mood. <laughs> Just crying. <laughs> I would too. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> You're so serious. I'm ready for him to die. <laughs> he was allowed two phone calls. He called his mother and Carol. Carol declined, so he called his mum again. <laughs> Carol. I'm agreeing with you for once. Good job, Carol. One time. Oh my gosh, this kind of makes me a bit sad, but like, not about him, but like, this is. I don't know why. Anyway, you will always be my precious son, were, Louis, were Louise's last words to Ted. Which kind of makes me a little bit. It's kind of hard when it's your kid. I don't know. Though, yeah, Ted, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, it makes I me mean, like, like mixed emotions. I like, guess it's, it's different, of, like, yeah, know, being... people to people. But I'd disown you. If future mm. child, if you ever did this, <laughs> goodbye. Disowned. <laughs> Changing your name and moving. Literally. Though, <laughs> be shaming them. Shame on I'd you. I'd be there hoping, being like, okay, when are we doing this? Can I pull a switch? <laughs> Not having oh this my in my god. family, not in my house. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. Oh my gosh. Though Ted had spoken to Louise twice the night before his death, as Ted told her he loves her, many of his last thoughts and words were of deep confusion over his anger towards his mother. To the very end, Ted wanted to understand why he had so much rage. He would say, It doesn't matter what went on between me and my mother then, because we patched it up now. At the same time, he did feel it was very important. He had real big mummy issues. Like, crazy. Ted's last words to his mother were, I'm so sorry I've given you such grief, but part of me was all, was hidden all the time. Megan just shakes her head. <laughs> I've got less now, just shaking my head in disgust. It's alright. Nelly there. Nelly there. <laughs> He then sat down for a tearful interview with a psychologist and religious broadcaster, Dr. James Dobson. You can find his final interview on YouTube as well. Ted spoke on how he, when he was a child, he discovered softcore pornography throughout the grocery stores, which led to eventually finding violent pornography he had found in the bins of his neighbours. This medium had contributed and helped to mould the person he has become. It didn't happen overnight. It became an addiction where he kept looking for something more explicit. It was a sense of excitement and porn only goes so far. Dr. Dobson told Ted, There is a percentage of people affected by hardcore pornography in a very violent way. And you're obviously one of them. Yeah, definitely is. Because I don't know what kind of shaped him like this. 
It's I don't weird. know. Does that? I feel like that's such a cop out, though. It's a weird psychology. Like, I get how it can happen to people, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, like, I'm not a porn addict. I don't know, but I feel like being yeah. like, I wouldn't have been this way if I didn't watch hardcore porn. Like, I feel like that's such mm. a cop out. Uh, but I also want to know like where it stems from. Like it could partly like stem from this, but like I, yeah, it's weird. He believed that his life would be better without porn, and not just for himself, but would it be better from lots of people, such as his victims and their families? There would be no such act of violence that he had committed, which we don't know because obviously it did not happen. What scares me is on cable TV, some of the movies, some of the violence in these movies. Had they come into homes today with stuff they wouldn't show in X-rated adult theatres 30 years ago. It is the stuff that the slashes. It's So he obviously did not like Nightmare of Elm Street. He was like, no, this is not okay. This is my issue with this. <laughs> yes. I love horror. As we you know. know. You, I my don't, I know. favourite genre, the gorier the better. Let's go have a saw marathon. I love that. I love watching saw. That's my favorite thing. The don't be like it was the horror movies that made me evil. (laughs) But it's I'm off dead. What people do now? If people still blame it though, like there's still people. He's like, he also said like it's scary what kids can see. These violent slasher movies. If it happened to me, I'm scary enough. And it was just from the outside world. Like it's like people today when they blame stuff on video games. But like also, this. the major factor here, mm-hmm. it's fake. It's a movie. Yeah, I know. He is mm-hmm. literally killing Doing people. Doing it. Exactly. There's a major factor there. Oh, it's Ed. like some weird thing in his freaking brain. And it's, oh, like, I love I Saw. I feel like he's just trying to find, like, a reason to be like, it's not my fault I'm bad. I'm going to blame also, like, Horn and Freddy Krueger. I just like, want to know where it come from. Because, like, obviously it wasn't always demented from a womb. I don't know. But uh, he carried on saying, each time I hurt someone, each time I killed someone, there'd be this enormous amount of horror, remorse, of guilt after, especially at first. But then the impulse to do it again came back even stronger. I still felt the normal regret about other things in life, such as remorse and regret and other emotions. It was like a black hole. Anything that fell in would disappear. This is weird. Do you deserve the punishment that the state has inflicted? He was asked. I don't want to die. I kid you not. I deserve the most extreme punishment society has, and I know I deserve. Society deserves to be protected from me and others like me. That's for sure. I'm really self-aware. Yeah, I know. You're self-aware. I know. It's it's such a bizarre interview. I deserve the worst punishment. But also, please don't kill me. <laughs> it's very mixed. <laughs> it's like, it's a, I don't want to know what's going in it? his brain. I just want to see what's in his brain. It's weird to me. Like, I don't it's know. It's so fascinating. It's so though, interesting. Like, That's why he's like... interesting. So he has, like, I feel like he's really just trying to like take the blame like, off himself with this last bit. But I just want to know how he built that anyway. Like, obviously, stuff... I don't know. It's weird. There is no way in the world that killing me is going to restore those beautiful children to their parents and can tr- correct and soothe the pain. But I'll let, tell you, there are lots of other kids playing in the streets around this country that are going to be dead tomorrow, the next day, and the next day, and the next month because of other young people are reading the kind of things, seeing other kinds of things available in the media today. He's not saying, he's just saying, someone else, there's got to be another Ted Bundy out there. He did say there's got to be another Ted Bundy out there. Like, he said a lot during this. I'm like, Ted, there's no other you. You are you. Wait, Bailey Starian. Get better idols! <laughs> oh my god, if you're idolizing Ted Bundy, 
walk off a cliff. Thank Please. you. Please. Thank you so much. Don't do not do what he needed. Don't do what, like, we'll talk about other cases. <gasps> about walking into the valley and shadow and death. I have to remind myself that every one of us will go through this one day. One way or another. Millions who walked before us who have done this. So it's just an experience in which we all share. Which I guess is true about death, which scares me. But, you know, that, that's... Oh, I thought he meant killing. <laughs> no, no, he meant like, like, like what, he has to, like, every one of us is going to die one day, like, one way or another. We're going to die. Like, oh, okay, we're all just going to experience the thrill of a kill. Like, Ted, please. <laughs> no, we're just going to no, stop yeah, breathing. Okay. We're all going to experience Which is death. an interesting okay. way to look at that. And I'm like, that's kind of true, but no. Yeah. Anyway, while this was all taking place, the country was going wild. At Florida State University, where the Chai Omega murders happened, there was. They held an evening cookout held by one of the fraternities serving Bundy burgers and electrified hot dogs under that a would large. That would have been me. <laughs> I'd be like, Cross you it know, would have you get your burger, yo. Like that would have been me. <laughs> under a large banner that read, "Watch Ted Fry, see dead Ted die." Also, hear him cry. It didn't say the crying part, but it should. Right. Get us to collab. <laughs> there are additional celebrations, including a planned barbecue in Mountain Brook, Alabama, hosted by two police officers. Oh, well, <laughs> well, that's <for> them. <laughs> the Bundy Q was organized in support of capital punishment and offered T-shirts for sale that said first annual 10 Bundy barbecue. Oh, my God. Can I find one of these shirts? <laughs> I know Can you'll I wear it. on eBay after this plug? <laughs> Ted had admitted to 30 or 36 murders. I th- I'm just going to say 30 plus because different sources say different things. Though experts believe it was a much higher number. I've heard it could have been around 100, but who really knows? At around 4.50am, Ted refused to pick himself a last meal, so was given the standard steak, egg, hash browns and toast. Ted was filled with so much anxiety and nerves that he didn't bother to pick at it. Bundy died hungry. That's such a weird last meal, though. I know. Like, like, I, like it's a like for four in the morning. Like let's have yeah. a steak, right? That's the steak. Oh, but like American also like same with the anxiety. I'd be like, I'm too scared. I'd be freaking out. Same. I'd be like, can I have some KFC and curly fries and stuff? Oh my god, what would your last meal be? <gasps> I okay. So I think I I. I I want curly fries. I definitely would. I, I, I as if I'm gonna have a last meal. <laughs> So I want like a really good like iced chocolate with like a milkshake with like extra Naporian. And I would have like pancakes as well. So I would also have like pancakes with my fries, maybe some tater tots as well. And also some chicken. Like <laughs> But also oh my gosh, there's so many choices of what to have. I also oh, maybe even a Sunday and like a mud cake. Oh, mud cake would be like really nice. <laughs> Some water as well because stay hydrated. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, we should have a, a shark kuchu by last meals. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what would your last meal be? Oh god, you went like all out. How did I top that? I just want a really yum oh, food. What I have? Definitely, <laughs> I think sushi would have to be. Sushi is mm. like my favorite food. So like some Ooh. sushi, mm. maybe like like a nice big. Iced coffee, I think. I think of like, what food do I like? This is so much pressure. Right. Oh my god, how could you decide? I thought about it a lot. 
I've asked Maybe people at lunch Chinese. what their last how meal was. How many, how many meals count as the last meal? Can I just keep Well, list, you can have, like, John Wayne Gacy had a big KFC bucket and stuff and strawberries. And then, like, someone watched the whole Lord of the Rings marathon. So, like, you can just go off. Oh, if that's the case, I'd like to eat my last meal while watching Scream. Thank you. <gasps> Love that. Oh, my gosh. I want to watch, like, um, uh, know the OC finale. Or I could watch, like... <laughs> When Harry met Sally, depends what mood I'm in. Maybe Sweeney I Todd. would like to watch all eight seasons of that 70s show. Oh my gosh, I'd watch the OC. I'd be there for a while. You're <laughs> yeah. killing me too. <laughs> I like, I watched um, four seasons of the OC, guys. Thank you so much. All 22 seasons of Law and Order SBU. I would watch. <laughs> I'm dying for the next Oh my year. gosh. I would watch Gossip Girl, so by the time of the it ends, I'm so angry and ready to die because I had Chuck could die. And I'm like, I hate this ending. Let me die now. And I pull the trigger myself. Yes. Love that. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't deal. Oh, my gosh. Right. Oh, my gosh. That's what I want. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Team Dan. That'll be my final words. <laughs> final words of Team Dan. Team Dare. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my gosh. Sorry, this is not the Gossip Girl podcast, guys. <laughs> there were hundreds of onlookers outside the prison celebrating for days, especially in the early hours of the morning of the 24th of January, 1989. It was like a whole music festival was in town. They were singing and chanting. They drank coffees and beers while eating donuts. Oh, I'd have donuts too. Donuts would also be part of my meal. Like hot cinnamon donuts. Sorry. <laughs> I love me a donut. Sorry. Fireworks were being let off, and people also had handmade signs. One spectator had a bed sheet in which he wrote on it, I like my Ted, well done. Oh my god. <laughs> I got Loki love that. Oh my gosh. Ted was led into the room at 7 a.m. He didn't appear to be in stress or in shock. He was smiling as he entered while 42 people were there to witness the event. I would hate to see that. I would vomit. <laughs> His head was shaved. He was Ted Baldy now. See, that's where I couldn't do it. <laughs> Ted Baldy. Sorry, I, I thought, sorry, I'm laughing at my joke. <laughs> I wouldn't let them shave my head. I know, I'd be like, no, 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 no. I'll kill myself instead. <laughs> Thank yeah, you so literally, stoned me to death, fine. Um, I'll Give me do a... that. Drown me. Set me on fire. <laughs> lethal injection. Mm. Get set the dogs on me. I don't care. You're not shaving guillotine. my Guillotine. Give me the guillotine. At least my hair would still be attached. My exactly. head wouldn't be. But my hair would still be there. <laughs> Priorities. Right, see, I, that. <laughs> like how that's my issue with the electric chair. <laughs> don't shave my hair, please. Don't get that close to me, guys. When asked his final words, he leant forward into the microphone and said, I'd like you to give my love to my family and my friends. They were his last words. They were very basic. Come on, Ted. They're very boring last basic words. Bitch. <laughs> like, come on. I do better. Come Watch on. me quote a TV show or something. My last words. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll quote like a Blair Waddle quote or something. I'd be like, I'd, again, I'd go with that 70s show. I'd be like, what a long, strange trip it's been in Pullman's basement. He's there, <laughs> Oh my gosh. It took about one minute for the 2,000 volts of electricity to kill Ted Bundy. One minute. He was pronounced dead at 7.16 a.m. He died smiling. I've seen the pictures of this. I hate that. So have I. And I haven't been able to be the same since. Like, 
they make me feel so icky but i will post it on instagram amongst a dump with a warning before that slide because it's weird it's weird it's just makes me feel like ugh. i don't know if it's because like looking at the photo like it is a dead person yeah but just uh, the vibe it gives off it's weird because He's like smirking. He's smirking. He's bald, it's bald. He has fried marks. His eyebrows are like on fleek. It's it's weird. It's weird. It's so weird. So after his death, his brain was removed in the name of science, in the hopes that <laughs> in any the name of science, <laughs> the name of science, in hopes that any glaring abnormalities could be found that indicated what caused such violent behavior. Researchers examined the origin thoroughly. He was cremated and his ashes were scattered in Washington's Cascade Mountains, as was his own wishes in his will. The same mountain where Ted had dumped at least four of his victims' bodies. I hate that. That's Mm. another reason why I hate him. That's such a, like, F you to the families and friends of anybody that was killed there. Was like, I'm going to be there with you, like, my victims forever. Like, ugh! Mm-hmm. Also, I, I just wanted to... flushed him down the toilet. <laughs> Throwing him in the sewer. I can't do He wouldn't know he's dead. <laughs> I'm getting angry again. <laughs> it's alright, it's alright, it's alright. We're, 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 we're done with him. We're but I just want to stay, say that there have been some rumours floating around because of some silly newspaper article stating that Ted Bundy had admitted to eating parts of his victim so he could possess them and that they could be become be a part of him there has been no hard evidence of this besides it it just being told in an article in the mirror and other clickbaity articles my guess is that the person who put this rumor out there had mixed ted bundy with jeffrey Dahmer and added it in an article to add a bit more spice and yeah. so we're definitely co- covering jeffrey in the future but thanks for coming to my ted talk <laughs> we're <Hold> done <laughs> We're done. Thank God. <laughs> we got oh, there, guys. Okay. We did it. Oh, he is so demented. Yeah. His brain, like... Did they ever, like, get any findings or anything back with, like, researching his brain? Do you know? I don't think they... I, Do they when still I read have about his it, brain? I didn't think they found anything. Brain? In the jars of Ted? I'm kidding. Ted the brain sale. Um... I don't know. I think they didn't really find anything that was psychologi- psychologically weird. I wonder if so. they had to, like, get permission mm. to do that first. I don't know. Can like, you just take someone's brain? I don't know how this works. I don't know. Well, do you like an to, organ like, donor? Because I'm, like, sign, Yeah, like, sign a waiver over being, like, you know, I can yeah. donate my body to science. I think so. Yeah, it's weird. Because, like, weird. they still have, obviously, they kept his DNA of everything. They, like, they yeah. kept a lot of his DNA. Like, how they're still doing tests now on, like, other murders that might be him. Like, I think it just would, yeah, for everyone, which is kind of weird. <laughs> kind of creepy. Yeah, and like, yeah, I don't think they work I... and knowing, like, Ted Bundy's brain is, like, in the fridge at the back. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ted's brain, you know. We we, we, look, we looked it up, but, yeah, I did, when I read, the nothing big came from it. So, yeah, yeah it was just, like, he's just a special he's human being disturbed, yeah <laughs> he's just a bit special i guess it wasn't really all that porn and horror movies like he says it was <laughs> no no idea i just want to know like i know something got it like obviously a lot of stuff would have been i don't know it's so weird like i mean when i was like in year three i used to draw like a lady with an axe through her body and like her bl- drew blood everywhere and stuff when i was like eight i thought it was great and i drew like a blood 
a, a lake of blood and headless zombies decapitated and the heads floating in the lake and stuff. And my teacher thought it was like excellent. Um, I didn't Calm really like down, the fluffy stories. <laughs> <laughs> they were fun. And like, I wanted like red cellophane on my light. Um, so it could look like my room was covered in blood. Um, that never happened. Am but I, gonna be I asked my mom. Maybe. I'm so worried. Um, now. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> I mean, I sleep with like a straight razor and knife, hunting knife in my bedside drawer. So maybe. Who knows? Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> Gotta be, I live in a bush. If you never hear from me again. <laughs> you know who to look into first. <laughs> I've, um, yeah, very, very. I, I live in a bush. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen in a bush. Um, Got to have that prepare, you know. <laughs> But um, I just thought it was great. I tried writing about a rainbow person. It was boring. So I was well, like, you know, back yeah, to according, according to Ted, with all the horror movies and I'm you know, gruesome content I watch, watch out. Too bad I kill. couldn't handle being in jail. I couldn't handle killing someone. Like, that's too much effort. <laughs> you know? Just, I just, no. I feel like, honestly, but like, we didn't even have the, like, electric chair anymore, do we? I was going to say, that's what no. puts me off murder. Not... Oh no, I didn't say that. <laughs> caught on live, caught in studio. <laughs> like the thought of having my hair shaved, I couldn't do anything. They just like do that. lethal injection. I don't think Australian does the death penalty anymore, does it? I don't know. Mm. I don't think so. Someone was electrocuted in like a couple of years ago, though. Someone did get electric hair like only a couple of years ago. I looked up. Do we do the death it. penalty? Are we safe over here? Yeah, we don't do it. It's like with the um, case that I'm doing, which we'll find out about soon. The family mm. of the of the victim didn't want this person to have the death penalty either because he was going to have it. But yeah. Her family were like, "No, we don't want any more life to be like killed." So they told them the, the court no, so they got rid of it. Mm. I don't know. I guess it depends on the stance and like the circumstances around. The death penalty? I don't know. I don't know where I stand on it. I, I'm, yeah, I'm. As far uh, as Ted goes, yes. Love it. I feel like people should suffer forever, or just you know, just be locked really up in solitary like confinements worse than the death penalty. Because screw, if I have to be surrounded by pee and vomit for, can you like, keep someone in co solitary confinement though forever? They should be able to. They should be able to. <laughs> It'd probably be seen as honestly too inhumane to do that. I think that's better. <laughs> Go treat them like shit. Sorry. But yeah, also do it. But yeah, the um, electric chair is still used um, in Alabama, Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Tennessee. So um, yeah. If don't murder there. Okay, I won't <laughs> murder there. So that way my head won't get shaved. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. I got you. <laughs> oh gosh, that was Ted. That, that was, was a Ted, Ted talk. Two parts of Ted. Um, Hope that was... Interesting enough information. It was. Um, I learned things that I didn't know. I got mad at him for things that I already did know as well. So I just, he, good. he makes me so mad. Nice, equal. We're gonna do a lot of um, more foreign cases and stuff. Well, stuff that we don't know so much as well, which yeah. shall be fun. Know, it's always I'm fun excited. to find out about them. I think. I think oh, it's sure. really interesting. Mm. No, as mad it's as so they good. make me, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. And um, yes. Uh. The book, The Stranger Beside Me, is very good so far. Anne's very good at writing. She passed in 2015. Rest in peace. Um, but yeah, her book's really, really good. I want to get her book. 
definitely get it. Saying about it, Sounds yeah. Interesting. And again, uh, Liz's book is very good as well. Phantom yeah, Liz's Prince. book, The Phantom Prince. Please read that. I w- we'll we'll have it in the show notes to like the names of the books and stuff, just so you guys can check them out yourself if you want to, if you haven't already, if you're interested. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So, 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 wait, we're on social media. I know, weird, social media. (laughs) Who who promotes that? Anyway, everyone, everyone does. Anyway, so we are on Twitter at At Cult Kill Thrill. Instagram at Cult Killers Thrillers. And our TikTok is Cult Killers Thrillers. And we're on YouTube at Cult Killers and Thrillers Podcast. Which is basically hearing us do this. On a podcast yeah. with probably extras in the future. Yeah. Get excited for that. But uh, thank you so much for listening all the way this far to all of this. It's <laughs> Anger been and a rage ride. and demented man. Demented man, 5'11 man or 5'10, 6'0 man. I don't know. He had many heights. Maybe he wore heels. I'm going to say I'm glad to never hear about Ted again, but he interests me too much. So I'll probably keep Same. hearing about Ted. So. I'll probably still watch any do you documentary that's dropped yeah. about him because he's so interesting i will hate watch them with a passion <laughs> yeah. love that oh we're gonna also watch like that ted bundy movie from 2004 because it looks really funny it's such a weird outro <laughs> I know. Cut all this okay. Out. <laughs> okay okay so we're gonna go and, and yeah we'll, we'll see s- you next time we'll on see you next time. yeah bye, bye.